This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Tom Fox. Welcome to the newest edition in the Compliance Podcast Network. My latest podcast, Compliance and Coronavirus. As the voice of compliance, I wanted to start a podcast which will help bring both clarity and sanity to the field of compliance, the compliance practitioner, and indeed the compliance profession during this worldwide health and healthcare crisis. Taking up a variety of topics as diverse as working from home to sporting events, to the role of the board of directors, to crisis management, to the role of supply chains. We will look at all of these in this podcast. If you have a topic you'd like covered on compliance and coronavirus, please let me know. I'd be happy to do a podcast on it. We will post on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time for the foreseeable future as we navigate our way through this incredible crisis. First, a word about our sponsor, SAI Global. With the coronavirus and COVID-19 pandemic continuing to change rapidly, trust and integrity are paramount to business continuity preparedness. SAI Global is here to help compliance and risk professionals facing these challenges, including unprecedented business impacts from employee well-being to disrupted supply chains. SAI 360 is a cloud-first software and modern ethics and compliance learning platform designed to help you navigate risk from every perspective. To learn more about how you can protect your business operations and workforce during these uncertain times, visit saiglobal.com backslash risk for free resources, expert guidance, and industry-leading technology. Thanks again to SAI Global for sponsoring this most important podcast. Today, I visit with Matt Kelly about the downside slope of the coronavirus crisis and what risks it may bring for the compliance practitioner and for companies who want to bring back employees. It's a fascinating exploration of where we're headed. Well, let me um, say a little bit more about the, the general issues of what's going on here, and then I'll zero in on some of the public health measures that we need to think about. Um, but I think, first, we need to understand our predicament clearly. We have a public health crisis that is now causing an economic crisis. And we won't resolve the economic crisis until we get that public health crisis fixed. And we're in such dire straits today because we utterly failed to address COVID-19 when we should have, which was six, six weeks ago. So all of the severe economic dislocation we're suffering right now, that's necessary because the public health threat is so dire. Um, And, you know, we should also take a breath and say all of the wonderful things we're seeing from the business community. So I have seen Zoom, the teleconferencer. They are giving away free services to the education community. Uh, Taco Bell agreeing to pay all of its workers while their stores are closed. Xfinity apparently saying that Xfinity Wi-Fi hotspots will be free to all for some period. All of that is great. And we should praise it all, but we should understand what those steps that we're seeing, what they really are. They are mitigation measures for the economic crisis. They are not addressing the root cause of the economic crisis, which is COVID-19. 
So businesses need to start planning today for how to survive in that downslope of the curve where economic activity is still going to be very fragile. So we need to start anticipating today how to integrate public health controls into our private enterprise operations so that companies can be more resilient during that fragile period of restarting the economy on the downslide of the curve. And because if we don't, then when we turn the engine back on in six weeks, it's just going to stall and sputter and we're going to go in fits and starts until who knows when, when we finally get a COVID vaccine. And that's, that's a year away. Um, so Tom, you know, you said, what are those public health protocols that we might need to implement uh, in our workforces, in our supply chains? Well, I, I was thinking about that, like, okay, I know very little about public health. Let's go look for a framework. So I literally just Googled public health frameworks with the CDC. And it has some, but it does have frameworks that are, they're clearly made for public health agencies, not for companies. But, you know, they can come up, they've come up with some concepts we need to think about here in the private sector. Um, Social distancing, a word we are all already knowing and coming to, love, hate, loathe, whatever, Um, and then disease management and disease surveillance. And my point is we need to start thinking about what are those disease management policies, procedures that we would enact here so that if somebody does start to get sick, how do we make sure we don't have to shut down the whole business or the whole critical supply line doesn't conk down? Um, How do we figure that out? Uh, How do we deal with customers who may be sick? How do we deal with employees who may be sick enough to work from isolation or they are just in self-quarantine? But we have all sorts of issues around social distancing and disease management as take those ideas and implement them as actual corporate policies so that we can be resilient during that downslope fragile period. That's that's like if I could shriek that from the top of the, the rooftops, I would. Um, you know, and the funny thing is, I was talking with a couple of compliance officers and audit executives over the weekend. Have you been thinking about this yet? And one or two of them basically said, no, are you crazy? I'm working double shifts with the emergency planning committee. And, you know, we're just figuring out how to operationalize work from home. And, you know, but I stopped one of them and said, when you say – you're still trying to operationalize work from home. You don't even know yet, but you're actually already starting it. You are trying to implement social distancing as a company policy. And there's all sorts of risks around this. There's cybersecurity risk. There's access risks, and we can talk about them. And Tom, you and I talked about them a bit last week. But that's the sort of thing we're getting at now first in the crisis time on the upslope of the curve. It's all about social distancing putting it into corporate policy. The downside of the curve is going to be a lot more about disease surveillance and disease management, especially for critical infrastructure industries. And what those industries are is going to be kind of different. I don't think anybody has yet stopped to realize one of the most critical employees in the whole economy right now are Amazon drivers. And how is Amazon thinking about how to protect their drivers so that they can still make deliveries? Uh, as it so happens, I have a friend who's a doctor and a public health uh, official, and she said, actually, Amazon drivers are fairly safe because all they do all day is spend all day in the truck. So if they just 
don't talk to anyone, if they don't get close to anyone, if they're wearing gloves, they'll generally be fine. Um, you know, so you have to start thinking through that sort of a thing. And, you know, if you are in audit and you're listening, you need to start thinking about these. What are the risks? How do we mitigate them? If you're in compliance and you're listening, you need to be thinking about policies and procedures to mitigate the risk that the audit guys and the risk guys and supply chain guys and women, um, that they're all finding. Um, that's the sort of stuff we need to be thinking about. And I know it's hard to do while we're all so personally uneasy. Um, but nonetheless, that, you know, that is the far side that we have to be worried about. So we do not trip and fall over there. And Matt, that was really the point I wanted to lead into because it struck me in reading sort of your last uh, section of your blog post that um, your example of uh, where a risk officer or risk management specialist might be now is trying to operationalize working from home and that you really suggest that the compliance professional, the audit professional, perhaps the legal professional, certainly the risk management specialist and internal control specialist, uh, need to begin thinking 30, 60, 90 days, 180 days through the end of the year out and managing the risks of of those timeframes, but also in the context of creating a risk management strategy around uh, all of these and then putting the framework in uh, written policy with procedures and controls uh, to mitigate those risks as we can and as more information becomes available to us to us on how this uh, virus uh, migrates uh, from person to person or place to place. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, I think we have to also accept the idea that there's not going to be a specific plan because it's very likely that we will have different degrees of disruption and severity at different parts of the country in different times. Um, let alone in different parts of the world at different times. It, I mean, that's the case today. Uh, I know an overseas compliance officer who is in Asia Pacific in a very low risk country at the moment, but they're already thinking that they could go to China and do an investigation because it's passed. Um, but, you know, here in the United States, so I'm in Boston. That is not a, I wouldn't say we're a hot, hot zone, but we are not a cool zone. You know, there is COVID risk right outside my door. Um, you know, if you're in Seattle, you might see you know, domestic restrictions on travel within the United States. How would you get to your Washington state operations? That kind of thing. If you're in West Virginia or Minnesota or Montana, the low, the risk might be very low for a while. It might flare up later. We don't know. Um, but you know, we're going to have to think about risk management and then we are going to have to think about resiliency, which I define as how to keep going after the risk happens anyways, and we still fall flat on our face, which will happen with COVID. It absolutely will. There's not nothing wrong with it. There's not, you know, I'm not faulting anybody if they come up with great plans and COVID screws it up anyways. Um, it is a fact that we are somehow going to have disruption here, and we need to be thinking about, you know, how do we make sure that this all works? Um you know, certainly, like, I have no doubt that telecom, banking, foodstuffs, um, they're already probably quietly thinking, Matt, tell me something I don't know, because we've been worried about this for weeks or months and thinking about it for years. And hey, if there's somebody out there listening who is, has been doing that and has good answers, like, call me and Tom, I'll get you on the program. We'll have a guest on the weeds for the first time ever. Um, 
But, you know, many of us, this is very new territory and we'll, we will struggle with this, um, let alone smaller businesses that don't necessarily have risk and compliance functions. They just have smart local managers. But, you know, again, small businesses are going to take it in the teeth with this. And sure, the federal government, I think, will provide some sort of assistance or states or something. But again, the economic stuff we're seeing in Washington mitigation factors that will address the economic crisis, but they are not addressing the root cause, which is the public health crisis. And that's what we all have to be thinking about is how do we address the root cause? How do we make sure that our business operations are survivable in that fragile downslope side to make sure that the downslope keeps going down? Um, and that's where we need to really keep a I know we can't keep both eyes on it. I know that we've got plenty of fires to put out right here and now, but we cannot take our eye off that ball because that is going to be coming soon. And if we drop it then, we're going to be in the soup again, just like we are today. Man, I think that's probably a good place to wrap uh, this episode up. I know we're going to be uh, visiting on this topic quite a bit over the next uh, several weeks and unfortunately probably months. So uh, keep up the great work and I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thank you, sir. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. If you have any questions or you have a topic you would like explored on this podcast, please shoot me an email at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Also, as a call to action, I would ask if you could to please tell one of your friends about the podcast so we can spread the word out about the newest podcast on the Compliance Podcast Network. Also, if you would leave us a rating on iTunes or a review, it would greatly help get this word out about this most important podcast over the next several months. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join me for our next episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. This podcast is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.